0: Welcome to Is This Real Life?, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Welcome to episode 121. And I want to wish a happy Hanukkah to all of my Jewish listeners. Hanukkah started this week, and I feel like we got the most perfect gift, which is to have the Real Housewives of Atlanta on at the same time as the Real Housewives of Potomac, Salt Lake City, and OC. It's so rare to have four franchises on at once. This is the best gift I could ever ask for. Before we get into this week in Bravo and break things down with my guest, I want to put a plug for everyone to listen to this week's Mixing with Mani podcast. She has Steven on from the At Faces by Bravo Instagram account, and they just have a really honest and deep conversation about a lot of things from Potomac to Salt Lake City that um, kind of fall under race and judgment and and all kinds of things. And it made me see the Monique situation in a new light. I've always said from the beginning that I'm extremely anti-violence. I feel that way consistently. At the same time, I also believe that I could probably do better job being less judgmental and having more empathy and grace for people going through a tough time who do make mistakes. And I'm hoping to see on the reunion that Monique um, acknowledges that physical violence is not okay and is never okay. And at the same time, not try and judge her for, you know, her worst mistake. And so I I think everyone should go and listen. They also have a very interesting conversation about Mary and some of the things that she said on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City this week with regards to race. So just want to put a plug in for that. Oh, man. So this week, <laughs> The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You know, I also was disappointed by some of Mary's comments towards Jen, you know, calling her ghetto and a hoodlum is is not good. At the same time, I have a lot of empathy for Mary, who very clearly did not want to marry her step-grandfather. I mean, it appears to me like she was groomed from the beginning, and she married him so young, and that she was afraid to get married and to have sex with him is such a, a horrific thing to think about for this you know, young woman at that time, I just oh my heart goes out to her, so i'm I don't know i what I love about the housewives is that these are complex individuals, right? These are complex women with complex behavior and histories, and you know they can do things that anger us, that excite us, that make us cheer, but at the end, they're all human, and i I feel like this week of all weeks, I extended more empathy to the women that I saw on my screen. I definitely have a lot of empathy for Whitney and what she's going through with her dad. It was really heartwarming to see him go to his sober living facility and knowing that this was sort of the first time that she felt that he was really invested in his sobriety. And then, of course, it was so tough to watch Meredith and Seth this week, you know, they seem like they're just going through such a rough time with their separation. And he has made it very clear he does not want to be separated from her. And at the same time, his business dealings have him in Ohio. And it sounds like he's uprooted the family regularly throughout their entire marriage. And she finally got settled in Park City, Utah, and now he's back in Ohio. And she's like, but I'm finally settled here, and I feel like she's just had one too many moves. And I felt that. I felt that from her. And I want to shake him and be like, if you have enough money to get by, why are you wasting your time in Ohio? Like, why not fight for your wife and kids? But I know it's so much more complex than that. But would love to hear what you guys think of Meredith and Seth, because I'm kind of rooting for them. I want them to rediscover their love, and I want him to invest more time in her and being with her and not just, you know, phoning in. Ugh. Anyways. Um, then of course, on the real housewives of OC this week, we got to see how all of them handled coronavirus, which, as someone who's been trained in epidemiology, was quite difficult to watch, um, when they were thinking that they were doing something that was, you know, following guidelines, and it clearly wasn't. So, um, Oh, man, I don't even know where to start. First of all, I felt so bad for Shannon. She was so worried, and I really empathize with that. Like, I was so freaked out at the beginning of COVID. I'm still freaked out, but, like, I remember thinking in March, this is it. This is, like, going to be, like, 1918, 1919. Like, people aren't getting it. This isn't just two weeks. This isn't just a month. This is going to be, like, 18 to 24 months, and that was so frightening, And so to see her try so hard to keep herself from getting sick, knowing that she has damaged lungs, and then to find out that her own kids snuck out of the house, went to a party, got COVID, came back home, and then infected her, (laughs) I don't know how, as a mom, like, it's so, that's awful. And I know teenagers, it's hard for them to understand consequences of their actions. But man, that was that was rough. And then to have her own boyfriend not even follow all of her guidelines, it just, it was like, come on, people, can we all just take this a little bit more seriously? Another really tough thing to watch was Bronwyn. So she admitted to hitting Sean a few times during their marriage. Um, it appeared that some of those times are when she was drunk or when he was maybe trying to keep her from drinking, but that was really tough stuff, and I hope that she takes the domestic violence, because um, that's what it is, um, really seriously, and I hope that her and her family get the support that they need um, to heal from everything that's happened in that family as a result of Bronwyn's addiction and of her violence. Whew, that's really, really dark stuff. You know, it's almost as if when she was talking to the camera, she didn't realize the gravity of what she was saying or the gravity of what had just even happened. And I'm hoping by this point that she's able to watch it back and be horrified. Um, you know, rightly so. But man, it's tough. I mean, she said that During this time where they were filming The Real Housewives of the OC, she should have been at an inpatient treatment facility, but she was not. And so we're watching it all play out, um, and it's very raw, and it's very real, and it's very dark. At the same time, there's just, I don't think there's an excuse for hitting someone, um, whether it be a castmate, a friend, a partner. Children, um, it's inexcusable. And if that happens, you know, people really do need to seek help to understand why they become violent and figure out how to prevent them from being violent in the future. Man. And then, of course, we see Kelly Dodd gallivant on a plane all the way to New York City, the center of the epidemic in March. Oh my gosh, Kelly. And she's saying how she can't be away from Rick. Well, I just and then she's like how was I supposed to know it was the center of the epidemic I mean watch the news your husband's on it <laughs> come on oh man that was crazy and it's you've got Jolie telling her you know mom this is like a brand new virus and it's really scary and everyone's really scared and she's downplaying it and then saying no teenagers they think they know everything maybe we should have Jolie talk to Shannon's kids about the seriousness of COVID <laughs> Oh, man. And then we get to Southern Charm for more COVID. But I thought this was actually a really good episode. I was really interested in everything that was going on, especially seeing the fallout of Danny and Catherine's friendship for all these years where, you know, I really think Catherine's been taking advantage of Danny. I think Catherine's a crappy friend. I think she's coddled by everyone all the time. And I'm sick of it. And I think she needs to be held accountable for all of her actions, whether they be sending racist messages to a black woman online or her drug and alcohol issues, which keep getting her into trouble and she keeps pretending like aren't a big deal. I mean, I just, I've just had it with Catherine. I know I'm trying to extend empathy this week. I've been good watching all these shows and trying to see everyone's side, but Catherine is someone who I feel like has never been held accountable for anything and just acts as if she's a perpetual victim because she has been a victim in the past of Thomas. But that doesn't excuse, you know, every single thing she does. And, I really appreciated what Leva was telling her. Um, You know, I know it must be very frustrating for Leva and other women of color to have to kind of handhold people, white people through their own race issues. But man, am I glad she's on this cast. And it was so nice to see Leva and her sister watch the John C. Calhoun statue come down. I wish that the rest of the cast was there I mean, it would have been nice to see and hear what they had to say. Maybe I don't want to hear what they have to say, but I don't know. You've got John Pringle and his dad bod with his two kids, and that's cute and all, but why not take them to see the statue and be like, hey, this statue existed of this man who used to be in our government, who believed in slavery, and this line where the statue is, black people weren't even supposed to cross in the city of Charleston, and We're trying to constantly improve our city and our country. And that includes acknowledging bad things that happened in the past. And our family was part of that. You know, he's in his interview being like, oh, my family's been in Charleston for, you know, eight generations. And I don't know if they own slaves. Like, come on. (laughs) You know? And then... You've got this COVID outbreak. Maybe uh, the cast didn't show up to the statue coming down because they all got sick with COVID. You've got Austin has COVID, Craig has COVID, Craig's new girlfriend has COVID, and Taylor, Shep's girlfriend, has COVID, but somehow Shep has tested negative four times and Shep is taking it super seriously. I mean, he's quarantined for a full 14 days after having a known exposure. He's talking to Danny through phones, you know, on opposite sides of a window, <laughs> like they're in prison. And Taylor his girlfriend wants Shep to get COVID and it's an experience they can have together. And I don't know if she realizes it, but like Shep must be what, 15 years older than her? Like he's 40. Maybe he won't do as well as she does with COVID. I mean, my God, who wants their significant other to get sick just because you got sick? I felt like that showed a little bit of um, immaturity and ignorance for how serious this illness can be. Oh, um, of course, we see Madison also frustrated with Austin for just not taking things seriously, and she breaks up with him, and I really hope this lasts, you know? I, I'm i tired of seeing them run around. They're so toxic. I really like Madison. I want her to be with someone else, and for us to watch that, and for us to watch Austin watch that. I think that could be interesting. We also saw Craig sell his pillows on the Home Shopping Network, and I felt very proud for how far he's come. And of course, I absolutely love Leva on the show. I think she just is beautiful, is so interesting, and you know, it's kind of sucks that her whole storyline has to be talking about race, because I feel like the burden shouldn't be on a woman of color to do all the discussion about it knowing that race and racism and Charleston's history with racism is going to be a topic this season it's just kind of I don't know I feel like it's tough to have her narrate all of that um, it's not really fair to her and we don't get to see the more fun side of her because she's so busy explaining white privilege so you know I don't know I'm kind of interested in this season even though it hasn't been that long they just filmed the reunion in person and i I'm grateful for whatever programming Bravo can bring us, whether it's Southern Charm, whether it's the OC, things I don't love as much, but man, am I loving the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So this week on the podcast, uh, Danielle Daly from the At Brands by Bravo fan account joins me to break down this week's Real Housewives of Atlanta premiere. And the Real Housewives of Potomac finale. And oh my God, we had a lot to say. So stay tuned to listen to my conversation with Danielle and enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Danielle Daly, who is the person behind the Brands by Bravo Instagram account. How are you doing, Danielle?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited to connect with another Jew who loves (laughs) Bravo, the week of Hanukkah. I
1: know. I am very, very excited. I would say a phrase in Hebrew, but I'm not that Jewish enough to know one to say, Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Happy Hanukkah. I almost just said L'chaim, but I was like, nope, doesn't really align, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: to life, L'chaim always works in every situation.
1: (laughs) Yes, very much
0: so. So you have this great following on Instagram with Brands by Bravo. How did you start this account? Like how did you get involved in Bravo? Like what brought you into this weird universe?
1: So I have been a reality TV junkie since I probably like started picking my own programming on TV. Like survivor when I was I remember like fourth grade I went to sleepwear camp and my mom would write me every week and tell me like who got eliminated and kept me like up to date and then from there it was like the VH1 shows of like Rock of Love, Flavor of Love, Tool Academy like I watched all of that, Simple Life and it just kind of flowed right into the Housewives. Um, Started with OC and just have been addicted to Bravo through college, through 10 plus years of watching these people, which sometimes I can't even believe. Um, wow. But definitely later in life learned uh, And later in life. I mean, only about a year ago of these Bravo fan accounts. I always followed the Bravo celebrities themselves, but I never really followed Bravo specific meme accounts. And it was BravoCon that opened my eyes to this community that I never knew I needed in my life because none of my friends watch Bravo. Um, and I just decided to jump in, and I made an account. Um, I wish I had a different name. Unfortunately, this feels this is the name I'm stuck with because my original <laughs> intent was to only cover. Um, and I know you've talked about this: the businesses of Bravo Liberties. I, I the love of the it.
0: businesses. I um, love them.
1: So that's kind of what I started with, and then I just started making memes, and it just kind of grew. And I thought of changing the name, and then I never got around to it, and then. Now here I am, I'm stuck with it, but I've, I've learned to love it, it's fine.
0: <laughs> Wait, so were you at BravoCon then?
1: Sadly, no, and that's why I found the accounts, because I wanted to know every single thing that was happening at BravoCon, so through Instagram, people were posting, tagging, and I found a whole bunch of accounts of people who were there, and then that led me kind of on the pathway to the whole Bravo meme, you know, Instagram community
0: they're lovely every single person i've met who runs a bravo meme account is a fantastic human being
1: i completely agree i have like made so many instagram friends and it's so nice especially in quarantine and all that we've been through these past nine months like when we're alone i feel i'm less alone watching these tv shows because i post about it i love when people dm me I'm a lunatic, like my emails, I keep it clean, I answer every DM. Like, I don't think there's a DM I've gotten unless it's like a mean person, which there's very, very few of those that I've never answered. Um, So I try very hard to, to connect with everyone, because that's the point of Instagram.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have to give me some tips after this, because I'm not the best Instagram user. I'm not consistent. I like will get an idea. And then I'm not great at making memes. Like I, you know. It's just, I'm a Twitter person. Like I live ah, in DC. We have never
1: yeah. been a Twitter person. And I do feel there's a part of like the Bravo universe I'm missing out on for not being on Twitter.
0: Mm, it's meaner. <laughs> <laughs> just like everything probably on why Twitter. <laughs> seared, probably seared Claire because of that.
1: But... I mean, I have no method. It's whatever pops into my head. A lot of the times current events or current episodes help dictate what I post. But I literally don't pay attention to analytics. Um, I found from like my background was in marketing for a bit. I worked in that for five years. So I think that helps me a little just in terms of like tiny understanding of the algorithm. And the more you interact with other accounts, the more activity I find you see on your page, liking other people's posts, commenting on everything, watching other people's stories. I think that kind of helps you. Like you have to be active more than just posting. If anyone's out there wondering of the mystery that is the Instagram algorithm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is a mystery, that is for sure. That's awesome. So let's get into some of the latest news going on in the Bravo universe. So obviously, last week was crazy with, you know, Bronwyn coming out as a lesbian, which was amazing, and then having Kelly question her sobriety and whether or not that was just for the cameras and then you've got the real housewives of beverly hills covid super spreader event (laughs) and then it just keeps going and then britney and jacks so maybe let's start there you are a fan of vanderpump rules like i am and like that was my
1: every monday (laughs) (laughs)
0: the worst i complained
1: the entire way through that season i mean if you want to say every season of Vanderbump has been a 10, that was a zero. Like it just was, it was so bad. It was, uh, it's like the last season of how much a mother, if you're a fan of that show, you just act like it didn't happen. Yeah.
0: Like it just I felt was- like there wasn't a vision. Like there, they were like, Oh, we have to start filming over the summer because we always film over the summer. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we'll bring in some new people. We'll have the old people. And it just felt disjointed and not, very real. Yes, very much. And
1: that's funny you said about the filming over summer because not everything about COVID has been horrible, but I'm excited that it's kind of taken some shows off their normal cycle of when they film because we always see them at the same time of year. So I would, I did find that like interesting with some of these other ones, like if Vanderpump comes back, I'd love to see them through like Halloween and Thanksgiving (laughs) and like, not the summer, which is which is when we always do. But yeah, it was it was a horror. I have no idea what the future holds. Obviously, I've read many things of it's canceled. It's not canceled. I would like to see it come back. I love Tom and Ariana. I love Tom and Katie. Um, I love James, yes, which I know is shocking. And I love Raquel. Like I'm still cool with the people who are left and Sheena. So I've been following these people for so long. I felt that was really. I watched that show from episode one, I'm 31. So when it premiered, I was like 23. And it just was like, I was around the same age as them. And I feel I've like grown with them. Like I got engaged around the same time as Katie, Katie and Tom, like, the show has grown with me. So I'm very attached to it. So I'm not attached to Jackson and Brittany, though. So I'm cool if they're gone. like, (laughs) that's fine with me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see. It sounds like some of the other cast only found out via Instagram. It's probably really uncomfortable for Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney, probably Mm -hmm. more than anyone, because they are so tied to the members that are no longer on the show. Mm -hmm. But yet their financial future sort of depends on the show continuing. So, yeah, I
1: found it interesting. They all just happened to buy their houses after years and years. And then their show was ending. I
0: know. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad.
1: Like, I, as a homeowner, I'm just like, what is that mortgage like? And how are they paying for it? That's, that's all I, I want to know. You
0: know. I really, I'm hoping that Lisa Vanderpump doesn't play a huge role in season nine because it just doesn't work anymore.
1: Yeah. It was very contrived. Every part of her storyline, um, it never made sense. It was always, I I never liked her on the show. She was always my least favorite part. And as years went by, and it was so obvious, they weren't just working at the restaurant, it became worse and worse. So I definitely would like to see less of her.
0: Yeah, I'm fine even changing the name and totally rebranding. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Like Tom Tom or whatever we want to call it, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And then the other really big news is, of course, Erica Jane's divorce and getting sued <laughs> for embezzlement. This is wild. I know. It's
1: wild. Um, just like when the law and housewives come together is crazy. Even today, a law firm DM'd me and asked me to repost a video Um because they did like a breakdown of all the things happening with Erica Jane, which I thought was like amazing that like these two things combined. And. Yeah. It just feels, you never know what people's real money is and what's going on. Even if we're on a reality show, you still definitely, she guarded
0: them and their lifestyle very well. These past few years. Is there any universe in which Erica didn't know how much of a house of cards her husband's law firm was financially. I don't think so. That's okay. like
1: with Teresa and Joe saying, yeah. I didn't know, I don't buy it.
0: I I don't know. You're right. To some, You're right. Ex-
1: to some extent, you, you would have to be an extremely naive person and wife in a relationship to have... Zero clue financially what's happening, I think. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. We're all, I'm not super rich, so maybe that's why I'm more involved <laughs> in my, me and my husband's finances because we are not rich. I work in education. It's <laughs> like, just
0: wild to see this, and I want to see it play out, but it is so dark to take money from people who had their loved ones die in a plane crash and it's use horrible. it for glam. Like, it's just like the darkest thing I could think of. I agree. I
1: feel like if there's any truth to the story, this will be her last season. And or could even see her leaving halfway through the season because she doesn't want to talk about it. Because how can they avoid this? But they can because Beverly Hills loves to not talk about lawsuits.
0: They just don't talk about things. No. In general.
1: (laughs) They don't talk about... It's been a few years since that show has been about anything real, so...
0: Well, let's get into your situation with Erica. So yes, well, that's I right. <laughs> discovered, well, I had been following your account, but I kind of rediscovered your account when you came up with this cute meme, I think, mid-October, kind of a pink ladies when Robin, I think, wore that pink, mm-hmm. what was it? Like a suit dress? Yeah, it's like a suit dress. And it was the same one that Erica Jane wore and that Lisa Rinna wore. And you made like a play off of the pink ladies from Greece. And Erica shared the meme, but didn't share your post. So you didn't get credit for it. And I think you wrote something in the comments like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, it'd be great if you could, you know, tag me or whatever it was. And she. Did not respond too kindly.
1: No, she was very mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, you summed it up really easily. Like, of course, it is of no obligation for another person to credit someone, especially in Instagram. I'm well aware I don't own the images, the idea of the joke. But when you see something and it's an hour after you post it and you're just like, really? Like, I have 5,000 followers and you're just going to take it and put it to your 2 million you're not going to do anything about that? You know, it's just weird. So the funny thing, and my husband brings this up all the time. is like, if she would have just tagged you, none of this would have happened. Like nothing would have been done. Nothing would have been said. But I really just think it was the perfect storm of quarantine. with So people have a lot of time. Her being mean, me choosing to not respond to her, which is very within my character. I absolutely refuse to argue with people on Instagram. So like, It wasn't even me trying to do anything with it. It's just like, what am I going to say back when she was mean to me? Like, I'm not going to argue with her. And I think many people, both fans and other meme accounts, could just see themselves in the interaction that happened. Um, And that's why I think it just kind of exploded, which was absolutely insane psychotic, still something I can't believe ever even happened. It was the wildest week. (laughs) And I was just trying to do my, like, work. Like my normal job, regular day job. And I would check it like every hour or so. And I was like, what is happening? And it just, I feel like everyone was almost also like waiting for something to get at Erica for because she had kind of been annoying people. So it was all the things. Um, it was wild. I'm so thankful it happened. Like I was happy with my platform that was small. I'm even happier, obviously, with the bigger one, but it's really just more people to share in my love of Bravo with. And that's, you know, really all I want out of my my account for sure. So it's so fun connecting with people. Um Even less today, my friend lives in London and she finally was able to go get dinner because they're out of lockdown. And she said they were talking about housewives and one of her friends knew the situation. And she was like, yeah, that's my friend from college. <laughs> Which I was <laughs> like, that is insane. Like this made its way to someone in London, like mind blown, just go as as viral as a person could go, it happened. And it's not, I can't even imagine on a bigger platform what, right. what that would have, what that experience would be like, because it was, it was really crazy. Everyone was so kind. Weirdly, people still comment on the photo on her page and tag me. And it's also funny that anytime an Erica thing pops up, people tag me in it too. Like I'm forever linked to her. And <laughs> the, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know this woman. She doesn't know. Me. I mean, I, I know her, but yeah. Like Mariah Carey, I don't know her. Like we don't know each other. We never spoke, so it's it's so funny. But I love it. It's it's great. And I used to be a big Erica fan. I don't, you know, what are yeah. you what are you gonna do <laughs> with that?
0: <sighs> well, it seems like she's been going through a lot, you know, with the divorce and embezzling funds from you know dead people. <laughs> <laughs> twenty twenty has
1: been not kind to her. It's uh, like
0: that, um, you know gif or is it jif I don't even know what you call it of I don't know Luann where she was like "Ugh, I've been traveling I've been to prison it's, just, yes. it's been it's been a month for Erica
1: I agree yeah, definitely her PR team is in overtime that's for sure
0: yeah have you had any of the housewives like DM you or tag you or share your memes yeah definitely um none where it was like literally
1: taking and reposting on their page. Like that's was the first <laughs> time that ever happened. Um, but a bunch of reposted or tagged in stories, like so many are so nice. Um I've chatted with Kyle actually a bunch and she is so kind. Um so is Robin is a dream. I've um heard that about Robin. Jackie um from New Jersey is so nice. Um Emily from OC, not that I'm a huge OC fan, but she's been very nice. I Don't love her, but I appreciate a lot of her body positivity stuff that she puts out. So we've talked Mm -hmm. about that. Um, Most of them are really, really nice in respond or heart stuff. Um, I'm sure now that I have more followers, it probably makes more of a reason for them to than than they used to. (laughs) Um, But even when I was small, like so, so many are just, those are the smart ones who know they need to interact with their fans. Because the difference of Bravo and reality stars versus like an actress who doesn't need us as much is like we are a fan of who they are as a person versus an actress. I'm a fan of the work they do. And if I don't like who you are as a person, I'm not going to watch your TV show. I'm not going to buy your products. I'm not going to follow you. And that's a big deal. So they need to be nice to their fans. (laughs) I think, I think a good lesson for them to learn.
0: And also most of us just genuinely enjoy what they put out there. Like we like being able to watch their lives. We like being able to laugh with them, cry with them, root for them, you know, I don't know give them a hard time for their fashion choices like it's all in good fun this isn't that serious I completely agree
1: and which is the funny thing about the Erica thing is like I didn't take it that seriously but other people took it so seriously like the sympathy messages I got for people I'm like I swear guys I'm okay like I'm not like I don't know if people thought I was like emotionally distraught about it but like I was more just at first it was shock and then it was laughter because I just couldn't believe that a housewife talked to me this way. Um, but that's, like I said, I don't, I don't take it too seriously because it, it is just TV. And that's so important to remember at the end of the day, yeah. because some people get very obsessive and very opinionated and very harsh about these things. And that's, you know, even though I love it so much and I watch Bravo like every day, it's still, there's still a line I know not, not to cross when it comes to fandom.
0: Yeah, it's entertainment. And that's what it's supposed to be. And I hope that the people who are on the shows realize that they are entertainers. And you think Erica of all people would realize that but I think she takes herself way too seriously, and isn't able to laugh at herself in a way that I don't know if I really understood until this moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Many of them can laugh at themselves, for sure. Like, yeah, mo- I would say the large majority, if you tag them in something funny, like they'll comment on it and, and they'll get the joke. Um, others, though, definitely live in a bit of delusion land.
0: Totally. Well, let's get into this week's uh, premiere of The Real Housewives of Atlanta and then into the finale of The Real Housewives of Potomac. I mean, what a Hanukkah miracle. What a Hanukkah gift <laughs> to give us these two wonderful episodes. I mean, fantastic episodes. I was at the edge of my seat.
1: Phenomenal Sunday night. Super-sized, two hours and 15 minutes of so many levels of emotions I felt. Hysterically crying during Portia's Black Lives Matter. Then laughing at Cynthia's titty falling out. <laughs> <Yes>. then. <laughs> Then into Potomac, crying during um, Juan and Robin's therapy session, and then chaotic fighting, and then crying again from the proposal. It was it was a roller coaster of an episode. I night. was like,
0: cheering like Wendy <laughs> yes, I was like woo woo woo.
1: My <laughs> husband came in the room right as that was happening, and he was about to stand in front of the TV. I was like, "Get the hell out of the way!" Like I've <laughs> been waiting five seasons for this. So yes, it was crazy. If we want to start with Atlanta. Yes, it was night and day. If you want to talk about a show that had to film during covid and how it was handled compared to like Southern Charm. I don't know if you've been watching. that. Oh,
0: I have, unfortunately. Yeah. So
1: like last week, Southern Charm was like horrible to watch. Just so not enjoyable. Made me so angry at the casualty and naivety and ignorance and blatant disregard for everything covid that was happening in the episode. Compared to Atlanta, where you have Marlo with the temperature check, her six feet apart, not a scene in a restaurant, not a group scene. It just felt better and more comfortable yeah. to watch, is
0: the word? I don't know. I mean, they all truly had spent three or four months in their homes, right? Mm-hmm. And they emerged heavier (laughs) like most of us have yes i love
1: that they discussed that and yes i was like if anyone talks about their weight i'm unfollowing you like do not talk about women's weight and especially when they're being so candid and open and talking about it in the time as traumatic as those first three or four months of this for sure
0: totally i mean there's so many reasons for weight gain during this time i mean people's Uh, schedules are different. They're not able to work out the same. Food is different. But also having that amount of cortisol, like the stress hormone that releases, Mm -hmm. just being in this moment, in this year, it impacts your entire body. And so, I mean, I like that they were sort of joking about it with Cynthia. Kenya seems to be a bit more distraught about her weight gain. But I feel like, I don't know, I related to how they went through COVID and how much they were hunkering down and then how everything changed with George Floyd and how, mm-hmm. you know, that was a catalyzing moment for many of them saying, OK, I haven't left my house, but I will le- leave my house for this.
1: Yes, totally. Um, the Porsche I don't know if any one character in Bravo has had the character development that she has had and the growth that she has had in such a positive way. Um, Andy on Watch What Happens Live said it's the most proud he's ever been of a housewife. So again, I was crying, like pulled it together, Robin dancing, and then crying again, watching Watch What Happens Live. Um, And she just she blew me away with the way she spoke about it with all of her actions. I remember following it and seeing everything she was doing and just so commendable.
0: Yeah, and Andy called Portia, Portia Luther King, but then I realized um, he was commenting about what Marlowe had said about Portia. Yes. Um,
1: I, was like, I accidentally Luther King. wrote um, on my Instagram stories, um, Portia, like, I wrote, I spelled it wrong, and it was just a ridiculous thing that I couldn't believe I did. Like, I wrote, like, Lutheran like the religion oh, Luther. <laughs> I didn't realize that it auto corrected to that and like four people were like what did you what is this and I was like oh my god I know how to spell this. Um yeah, it was just it was such a good episode. The women of Atlanta are always so funny. They're so engaging, they're so open, they're so honest. Um you know, they 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 are such seasoned pros. They don't hold anything back and that's just why I love them. Um Me too. I think the, the only hard part I had watching and it's just because we know what happened was Cynthia's obsession with the wedding.
0: Yeah. So I think that's going to be a long like storyline that none of us are going to be into. And I feel like it's going to make us not like Cynthia as much as many of us have liked her in the past. Yeah. I mean, this obsession that she has with not just getting married, but the wedding and trying to almost undo or make up for the wedding that she had to Peter and how it didn't go the way she wanted that this time it has to be perfect we have the perfect date and you know she's saying she wants to make better memories for this wedding and I feel the way Mike does like am I not enough for you just to get married and we can do a reception another time or we can I don't know, figure it out when it's safer, when there's not these restrictions. Because as much as they acted like they understood COVID, when she was reading and hearing about the governor's restrictions and how many people could gather, she's like, only 50? And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. girl, do you know how many people have died? Yeah, yeah. And I mean,
1: for me, it's like when I found out about her wedding and I was really, really not happy with it, all I could think of we were supposed to go to six weddings in 2020 and I've had friends had to reschedule I just got a new date today a fourth time my friends had to reschedule their wedding and it just felt so like What makes her so above all these other people to do this and? I don't know. I'm I'm trying not to judge like based on age and second marriage and all of that but I totally was on Mike's side like get married do the party later it's your second wedding. You're a certain age. Like, I don't know. I, I was just so confused by like the wedding excitement as someone who's been married. Plenty of wedding was, I hated it. <laughs> <So> I would <laughs> never want to do it again. Um, but I do understand when you get super wrapped up in it. But I also got married at like 28, not 50 and a second time. But now I'm i trying not to be judgmental because it's her life and she can be excited about her second wedding. But I think that's going to be a hard story to learn to watch because we know she ended up having it and even Giselle said on Bravo chat room,
0: oh, yeah. that she
1: left early because mm-hmm. everyone took the masks off. So we know there's no chance that
0: it was a safe event. And I just can't an unnecessary event to have. Being, like if I was a nurse, right, and I'm watching Bravo on my like time off, and you're thinking of what it's like in the hospital and how horrible it's been. And then you see someone behave this way. It's just like a disregard for the people who are sacrificing everything.
1: Yeah. That's how I feel about anyone who is continually posting about doing things they shouldn't. People are going to do what they want to do, but why do you have to post it? Like Melissa Gordon, yeah. do I need to see you on vacation right now? No, please don't post it. You know how many healthcare workers probably follow you? We just, I don't want to see it. Or the Kardashians, yeah. like all this, just like, please, It's tough. Stop posting. (laughs)
0: And it's tough because this is going on a long time and no one can be perfect and shaming is not a very effective public health strategy. I know. Um, As someone, you know, I work in public health. But yeah, the wedding of all the things just seemed like the one thing that you really could control. You really could delay it. Um, and You know, but then let's get into so Kenya meets with her lawyer. And this was a fascinating scene. I really it was. Wow! So she walks around egg, on eggshells around Mark, and <laughs> they they troll her those producers when when she said she's a great communicator. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Kenya, oh my god! And it turns out, which I guess shouldn't be shocking, but Mark Daly um, does not see Brooklyn overnight.
1: I know. Also, um, to clarify, no relation between No relation. Yes. Just, just if we were concerned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not only that, in my head, I'm thinking your wife and baby flew to New York during a pandemic and they stayed at a hotel and not at your home. What, what is, is wrong that? With him? What is that? Why can't she stay with you with the baby? That was so weird to me. And that scene broke my heart. I'm not the biggest Kenya fan, but she is a truly, in that scene, a broken woman. And you can just tell she has lost so much of her confidence. He's really just torn her down. And this is someone who, again, not that I love her, but I wanted her to find happiness and joy. And I feel like she did finally, you know, find someone and all those things she wanted. And then for it to be ending like this, um, I did love the scene where you thought it was like ending and then. The lawyer kept talking to her. Yes. So that was good.
0: Well, the other interesting part was when they showed, even in the beginning of this episode, the confessionals, like what it was like to tape the confessionals, Mm -hmm. you know, so you see them showing up and there's fewer people there and everyone's masked and all of that. And then they ask her, you know, does Mark have a relationship with his other children? And Kenya won't talk about it which, you know, to me means no. Yes, because if exactly. He did he'd just say yes. <laughs> and then, you know, I think they think the, you know, production has moved on and the scene is over, but he's just talking real to her and he's like, "Listen, like his failure is not your failure. His failure is his failure." And just trying to get her to realize that she needs to start taking some legal action to protect herself and to protect Brooklyn from him. Mm-hmm. And I think she just it's hard. I don't think she wants to be the one to file, but ugh. yeah, that will be very interesting to see how that that
1: plays out a lot of storylines in Atlanta that I'm very interested in. Um Give a me more of, Portia yeah. all day. <laughs> and a lot of custody
0: storylines because you've got Candy and Riley <laughs> and Riley is grown up and going to Oh, my to God. College. I cannot believe how old I she know. is. She's... I just
1: think of her in the intro when she would do that like little back dance from like the early season, <laughs> like her skirt and leggings. And she was so cute. And she's just such a beautiful young woman now. Just very proud of her.
0: I know. And so it sounds like she really wants Candy to get that back child support pay to cover her going to college. Mm-hmm. So it's not just Candy paying for it. And the complicated relationship with deciding whether or not you have a relationship with your biological parent when maybe they weren't around that often when you were growing up. That's a tough one. That's a very real situation for a lot of people. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um so I said, I love the Atlanta women. They, they hold nothing back and they, they share it all. And that's why I find they're so relatable to so many different situations in people's lives. And I just love them.
0: I know. I'm interested to see what happens with Portia and Dennis, though, because Dennis was the one filming her when they were mm-hmm. in Kentucky, and you can you know Dennis's like iPhone footage and they're you know flying there and they're meeting Brianna Taylor's mother and they're marching and she's getting arrested, and then they show her after you know getting let out of jail thirteen hours later. You wonder what maybe happened in between who knows yeah, I don't know, and uh, it was so powerful. To
1: not just see Portia but to see her truly leading so many of the protests and up there with the megaphone and just that is using your power and your platform for good and I commend her and I defend her forever. (laughs) Like she just is
0: incredible i I really appreciated just seeing her evolution, but also how being a mother has kind of changed mm-hmm. how she thought about all of this, especially the Brianna Taylor story as someone who's a frontline worker an e m t you know, and they just barged into her home no knock, and oh it's it's so heartbreaking, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? Is there anything else that happened on Atlanta? I just loved seeing the footage of around Atlanta, because normally they just show like, I don't know, restaurants and people walking and little fountains. And this Mm -hmm. time they were showcasing all the Black Lives Matter art.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, it's, it truly just speaks to the franchise, the producers. And I don't want to give Bravo the credit, but a little bit to Bravo, but I've my own issues with them. And their platform and how they are sometimes but i to the to the producer of understanding the power of the real housewives of atlanta and how they integrated into the show and to not shy away from it i thought was was wonderful and i i hope they continue to showcase it the way they did
0: yeah and i think the real housewives of atlanta is the most watched housewives it is, franchise. yeah uh, they pull in like over two
1: million like double most of the other franchises i think
0: yeah so it's great for them of all the franchises to be able to be doing this because they just have so many more viewers.
1: Yeah. Like something like this, when Jersey starts in Dallas, I just don't think they're going to even touch on these things. Probably.
0: Yeah, we
1: we shall see. We will see.
0: <laughs> oh, so then let's go over to my neck of the woods, The Real yes. Housewives of Potomac. I just, I love how this finale episode like coincided with Christmas because mm-hmm. it's December now. And so this is taking place exactly a year ago.
1: Which was so weird because as I sat there watching him decorate the tree, I'm like, a whole year has gone by. What has happened? Like where has the year gone what have I done nothing
0: sat on the couch and watched Bravo and exactly done your part
1: <laughs> that is that is very true but yeah that was it's it's strange and it's I mean there's many reasons i am said Potomac is ending but it felt like a show free of COVID which was very nice because I know there's not gonna really be any more after that.
0: I think Salt Lake wrapped before Salt COVID. Lake, yes, they're the mm. last ones. Yeah, yeah.
1: So no, um Potomac Finale
0: was probably one of the best finales ever. ever. Oh it, my god, it was so dramatic. It had everything. I feel like it like Stefan on, <laughs> on SNL.
1: It had everything. It, it really, <laughs> it really did though. Um
0: I don't yeah, I don't even know where to start. I guess Okay. Like, Let's go scene by scene. So yeah. One of the first big scenes is Monique with her therapist, um, which I appreciated. It appeared that she'd seen this therapist before, so it wasn't just like one of those therapists that they got just for the show. So Mm -hmm. a few um, weeks ago, I had on a marriage and family therapist who um, used to share an office space with Jax's therapist, and she was just called up by production. Not the Reiki, the actual... Like licensed therapist. Gotcha. so if this seems like this therapist was recommended to her by Ashley, and she'd gone multiple times. So I appreciated at least to to set the scene. That was what I appreciated.
1: I think I'm gonna say something controversial about Monique and Go that I have not missed her in the episodes. When you just said her name, I forgot that scene happened. Oh wow, but I have not missed her. And it's not that I, I feel neutral about her. But when you said that, like when I'm thinking back to the episode, I didn't even think about her because she has felt so disconnected this entire season yeah. that I didn't really miss her. Like I didn't miss her in Portugal. I didn't miss, I, I just kind of forgot about her, but it was a nice scene. I'm glad she saw or is hopefully seen a real therapist. I do think that's definitely something she needs. Um, while a yeah. pastor can be amazing and a great source, I truly think she needs more mental health help than a religious counselor might be able to give her. So I think it is good to see because I think there's a lot of deep-seated stuff with her. Um, Like I said, neutral. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you watch a good place, but I'm neutral Janet on her. Like I don't love her. I don't hate her. Yeah. She's just in the middle for me right now.
0: I was just I'm curious, as like where her head is at, just because I am so anti violence. And it's shocking to me that she could continuously make excuses for that level of violence. It's yes. Just, that's the thing about shocking. that fight that
1: gets me, not that we need to go deep into the fight, because I'm sure it's, you have talked about it weekly, but the one thing that I don't know if people haven't talked about it enough or that I thought of the most. Is not the back and forth initial. It was how long she held onto her hair. And that was the thing that stuck with me the most. And that I never kind of got over with it. Yeah. Um, In the physical aspect of the fight. um, That's the part that I'm like, there's no way. I just don't think her, her mind was there. Like I do believe she blacked out because no sane person does that. When 10 people are literally like grabbing at you in the depths of, your hand in hell and trying to get you to, to release, but it was nice. I'm cool. If she comes back, I'm very interested to see about the reunion and how anyone can mend fences because you are getting two sides. You get the remorseful and then you get the laughing about it. And I,
0: I'm still confused if she has remorse over what happened. Same. It's tough. I mean, I, she does feel she needs to prove herself all the time is always in defense mode. And I think that leads to, like conflict with mm-hmm. the other women. And she explains her history of being bullied as a child, as being the only her and her sister, the only black girls at an all white school. And then they switched to a school with more, you know, black children. And then she was, she talked too white. And mm-hmm. so then she, she just never fit in. And, um, you know, the therapist suggests that she writes a letter to Candace, which, you know, I would be interested to see what's in the contents of that letter. But then when they ask her, you know, are you remorseful? She says she's remorseful for her actions, but not sorry for defending herself when she felt she needed to. And I'm hoping she was talking about the lawsuit because she, of course, had to defend herself in a lawsuit. But I don't think she needed to defend her family's name by using violence against Candace's words.
1: Yeah. Fully... 100% agree with that. Yeah,
0: it's just there's so many people that are willing to make excuses for that violence. And I like Monique, I'm interested in her. I like I don't like when the cast decides to ice out someone, you know, like mm-hmm. what they did with Denise, even though I thought Denise was wrong too. It's like you don't get to choose. We're the viewers. We get to choose yeah. when we're, d- you know, done with someone, <laughs> not you. So, and then we see so many dark scenes with Ashley and Michael. I don't even know where to begin. So she's yeah. getting some pictures taken because baby Dean is turning five months to doing those, you know, five mm-hmm. months. This is what he looks like. This is what his favorite food is. It's like, sorry.
1: <laughs> and, okay, I don't have
0: kids. Just my um, <laughs> and Michael wants baby Dean to look like him. So it's like, choose whatever outfit makes him look the most like me. Makes a joke about the baby's penis being big. I mean, what is wrong with you? And then after all this, they, you know, put the baby to bed. And my and my guess is Ashley does that. And then he tells Ashley he doesn't see Juan proposing to Robin. And he's so weird. It's like he won't say exactly so what it is. And I don't know. Very, it's, very odd.
1: There is anyone who is the most aware of the cameras, I find, on that show. It is always Michael Darby. There have been numerous scenes when he've said, okay, we're done filming. Okay, you got what you-. Like, when they were talking at dinner. Like, to me, he yeah. is constantly aware of the cameras, which to me means he is making this up and purposely dropping this seed and purposely not telling Ashley in the moment whatever nonsense he thinks he may or may not know because he knows what he's doing. He knows uh, a thousand percent calculated what he's doing.
0: But in what, like, truly good relationship would a husband keep a secret like that from a wife?
1: Nothing, nothing. Right. And also, if you know a secret, someone has to always explicitly say to me, and don't tell your husband. And then they probably know I might still tell him anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, once but like, the cameras are gone. Don't you think he would have been like, so this is what I think is going on? Yes, I get and it. And then him- she would have dropped it. It wouldn't have been a storyline. She wouldn't have brought it up again. But I feel like there are so many things that he doesn't tell her that she accepts. As like this is how our relationship is. Yes. Oh, and it's that so is fucked up. Makes definitely, me Definitely, and
1: especially like, especially because it came from him being like, "I don't think she's gonna, he's gonna propose." So he brought it up, and then he chose to not share whatever he knew. Versus, I could see if Ashley brought it up, and then maybe he made a face, and then she'd be like, "What is it?" And then he'd be like, "I'll tell you later." Yeah. That wasn't the conversation. So it was Ooh. just every scene he's in is gross and.
0: And then we get Karen going on HSN selling LaDame. Go Karen! <laughs> okay, have, you, HSN is like legit. Yes, that's Do real you money.
1: Get the spray behind the kneecap reference. I don't get I the think, reference. Well, I think she means if maybe your man is down there. Yeah, uh, down there. Yeah, I didn't know how Got to it. say okay. that. <laughs> Not gross. I was going to say something really gross. <laughs>
0: I mean that's what I was wondering but then I was like it's also Karen?
1: Not that going down is gross the words I was about to choose to say are not PC. That's <laughs> that's what I meant. I don't
0: mean it's gross to do that to a woman. I just felt my first thought was like cuz she I thought she said I don't remember what, exactly what she said, but when she mentioned behind the knees, I was like, do people she sweat behind their knees? She said she's been married knees?
1: for 38 years, so to trust her, that's what she said, something like that. And that's the only thing I could think of, of what else did she mean?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> <Me either. laughs> but yes,
1: she was very good on HSN. Um, I know you and I, we love our businesses. And
0: love. I love Dame, a shit, you know, shit business. I mean, a perfume
1: was an interesting choice. It's an expensive item, it's not accessible to all. People are very particular about the perfumes, like I just feel like that wouldn't be that wouldn't be my product of choice to do.
0: It's also not something that I think sells as easily via the TV because you can't yes. smell through the TV. So yes. I don't know what Ladam smells like. I wouldn't buy perfume unless I knew what it smelled like beforehand. Right? That's yeah, like something that totally. you buy like at unless a store. Unless you're Kim
1: Kardashian who can sell her perfumes because she has 150 million followers and people who love her. They'll perfume just buy anything. Just, yeah. Yeah. Perfume, you're starting with, you know, like I'd love to support Karen, but I'm not going to buy a $70 perfume. That's just.
0: Whereas hats, you can at least see how they look on different head shapes. (laughs) Okay.
1: So I did have one thing about the hats from listening to your podcast last week. I think the, if you want to, I don't know if it's unique. I don't know if other things do this, but I do remember Robin once discussing how there is silk on the inside of her hats. Yes. It protects your hair. So I did think there was at least a unique factor to her hats versus literally just selling baseball hats.
0: So I only learned that because I finally went to the website after recording last week (laughs) with Donnie and Quinn and was like, what is it about her hats or her caps? And yes, there is there's, you know, satin lined satin lined. Yeah. And they're all sold out, like completely. I think every product is sold out on her website.
1: Good for her. When she said that, though, I kind of was like, that actually is really smart. And I would probably like, to, I wear hats a lot. And I was like, I would actually like that. Cause what happens to hat hair is crazy. So I thought that was, at least if you're going to sell that, it, make it unique. So I give her props for that. Yeah. But I, I like the army print one. There was like one or two cute ones.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. I remember looking and being <laughs> like, oh, that one's not too bad. And then it's sold out. And I was like, are they all sold out? Yep. Yeah, I they, think are they are all right sold out. Definitely. And so then we see Robin and Juan go to couples counseling. They discuss the first iteration of their relationship. I mean, I think sometimes I forget that Juan was and is still a pretty well-known athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, he played in the NBA and she took the role of an NBA player's wife.
1: Yeah, it's weird to think of her like that because I, we never saw her as that. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I don't always like connect those two as well. But it was a beautiful scene to see them talk. And there, I liked that. Whether that therapist again was real or not, I really liked her when she was like, "Finish the sentence," and I was like, "Smart!" Like make him finish the thought and and all of that. So I thought that was a great scene. I love them as a couple. I just think they're wonderful together, and I love seeing people work it out and be be in love in the way that they are.
0: I hope they're happy. Like if I had to look at any of these relationships and be like, that's when I want to be in, like I wouldn't choose Robin and Juan. <laughs> like just saying, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think I, I would, would choose
1: any of the relationships on Potomac.
0: Right. I mean, Candace and Chris is not bad. Just going to say
1: Candace and Chris might be the healthiest relationship. Like, yeah, they are very ride or die for each other in a healthy way of like, I stand up for my
0: person. But I also will call them out when they're really wrong. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my
1: God. Are they the healthiest relationship? Probably. Oh, that's crazy. I never thought of that.
0: You know, or actually Wendy and her husband.
1: Okay, yes. By Wendy far. Wendy and her husband. Yes. I love Eddie. He is so adorable. I really liked Wendy, and I'd like to see her come back. I know Me some too. people weren't that into her, but I thought she brought really interesting storylines. She was so open the entire time with everything, her family,
0: so... I was a fan of her, I related to her more than the other women, you know, just you know being the the daughter of an of immigrants I mean she came when she was very young, but you know having the pressure and kind of different cultural practices and the family dynamics between her family and her husband's family like what family doesn't have shit go down you know yeah. so yeah. I don't know. I related to her and I loved having someone that's like in the political space actually talk about it. Cause if you live in DC, that's sort of like what people Everything. do. Yes. So <laughs> it's as if you would have a real housewives of Beverly Hills and never mentioned show business.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I thought she was great. I really hope they bring her back. Um, she got right in the thick of things. Um, you know, she also was a new mom. So it'd be interesting to see her another season where her kid is a little bit older. I feel that probably was definitely like messing with her brain a little bit. I imagine yeah. trying to do this and balance all of that. So I would definitely like to see her back. And more Eddie for sure.
0: Well, her and Eddie were by far the best dressed. Oh,
1: my God. They looked they incredible. looked
0: great. I loved it. I was I took the oh. party.
1: Oh, I just miss dressing up and going out and getting drinks and hugging friends so much. Like it made me so sad watching that. They
0: were at a place called the Abigail, which mm-hmm. is actually across from a building I used to work in. And oh. when I tell you I had no idea there was a club in that building. I <laughs> <laughs> Let me Let me tell you about this part of the this neighborhood in Washington DC. This is a neighborhood where people primarily work, not where Mm. people go out as much. But there is like a very small string of bars in DuPont Circle where there are like clubs and stuff. And I guess people go out there on the weekend.
1: Yeah, it's like Wall Street in Manhattan is the same. Yeah,
0: it's not like that much. But that specific like street there's nothing there. It's next to a place where you get like waxing done <laughs> <laughs> and across from like a bunch of nonprofits. Interested. Well,
1: I'm sure who knows when they're booking venues. I'm always so curious about the bill. Like Robin's like, it's our party, open bar. But I'm like, Bravo's not paying for this.
0: That yeah, that's interesting. interesting. They tend to, I think, find these restaurants and locations that are in downtown DC because if they hold it on a weeknight, no one else is there everyone's gone home from work no oh, one's definitely. in that neighborhood I mean yeah from
1: so when I in my previous life before working in education I worked in marketing and I worked for a tv channel and it was national geographic channel but it wasn't as cool as it sounds but I did we did have one reality show and I literally saw like the play-by-play of how it's
0: filmed so it's not that these things are scripted but it's wait which out. show
1: um
0: is it life below zero because that's my dad's favorite show no
1: oh. no <laughs> no it, it was <laughs> he like loves gyps- it
0: it was about gypsies it only lasted oh. one season i forget what it was
1: called but that was like a true reality show films like housewives and they would be like brunch next day at this location like those things production has to do it because they have to get the rights to film in these places. Mm -hmm. And they would say like, make sure they discuss what happened the night before. So that's always the part where people are like, Oh my God, it was so scripted. I saw them walk in five times. And I'm like, of course, it's a TV show. They have to have things filmed properly, but I don't believe at any point, anyone tells these housewives what to say. Their relationships are real production isn't in on texting conversations and, and all of that. So yeah, I'm sure production had to find some place and at Christmas time it's probably super hard to get a venue and that's probably how they landed on this very random place <laughs> on like probably a Tuesday night.
0: <laughs> and the place obviously didn't have the best sound because when Candace starts singing her bop and the background oh music God. like was so quiet. It was so I like that song, awkward. Though. It's great. It's been it stuck is a in my great head song.
1: I think it's really good. Um and props to her because she carried it
0: as well as she could, acapella, you know? And then, it, that, you know, the beat came back. Yeah. Ashley was, I think Ashley had a bad take on go-go music when she was like, everything sounds good with a go-go beat. I think most things sound better with a go-go beat, but you cannot yodel to go-go music. I'm okay, sorry, I'm Ashley.
1: Admit <sighs> some naivety. I, what is a go-go beat?
0: So go-go music <laughs> is just unique to DC like the okay. DC Maryland area, and I don't know what distinctly makes it go go, but it's similar to funk. Okay, okay. And you
1: said that, and then I saw it like pop up a bunch, and I was like, I don't know what
0: this is. Yeah, it's a very it. <laughs> DC thing. Like go go music is native to DC. All right, good to know. And but- that that beat that it has with I don't know how to like describe it, but that's like a classic go go beat. The neighborhood that I live in in D.C., if you go a few blocks east, there is a I don't even know what the store sells, but they have go-go music blasting 24-7, like at least during the day. Anytime I've been in that neighborhood, they always are blasting go-go music and there is a huge fight because it's near a high-rise condo building, and some of the newer gentrifiers that moved in didn't like this music being on all the time, and they filed a lawsuit, and then D.C. residents complained, because they're like, this is our thing. So the hashtag that they created was Don't Mute D.C., and there are pop-up go-go concerts throughout D.C. Oh, my God, this is protest. yeah, it's a whole I thing. I did not know. Wow, that's crazy. And there was even a pop-up go-go concert around the George Floyd protest that happened in D.C. It's just like a hallmark of what the city is.
1: I got you. That's like, um, now that I'm new to Philly, the word John, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I don't and know what that is. It, it, John, it can be anything. Like, it's just, if you can't think of, like, a word you're trying to say, you can fill it with John. And so it took me about two years of living here to figure out that it wasn't like like there's a farm stand near me and it's called Farmer John and I thought that was her name <laughs> and then <laughs> I learned it wasn't because then I saw the word John in a lot of other places and I was like wait what so I had to Google it and it's like this whole thing that is so um, what is that word when it's like so to a region
0: yeah it's just so unique to that like yeah, very small region
1: yeah it's very the thing that as a transplant, I did not know that term. So if you ever see that, that's, that's what it is. It's still, I haven't used it in a sentence yet. I'm too scared. I don't want to use it wrong.
0: Yeah. And, and to be clear, like go-go music is part of like black DC culture. Mm-hmm. And DC has a, is, was a majority black city. Even now, I think it's like, yeah, at most 50-50. So it's a huge part of what this city is. And yeah, so encourage everyone to listen to some go-go music, look at some of the history on that and some of the jazz and go-go places um i will have in, to
1: give it a shot but yeah i thought yeah. candace did pretty good in her singing she so. did
0: great um I, of course ashley is trying to tell giselle uh what michael told her about the proposal and giselle is like no way no way are you sure i'm pretty sure Juan is proposing and so you see michael asking juan oh you know is anything interesting gonna happen tonight <laughs> And it's like why would juan tell michael i know it reminded me of um was it
1: Kenya who almost ruined Cynthia's proposal? Yes. Yeah, it was the same same sort of thing. Like, what are you doing? Shut up. You know, this is happening. Like, why are you baiting this person? Jealousy. Yes. Of
0: of what? I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't I like think to. Kenya was jealous of Cynthia. Kenya being definitely happy. was jealous. And yeah. I, th- I think Michael is jealous of Juan being with someone. I know.
1: Like... I, know. I don't like to ever speculate anyone and their sexual preferences or anything like that so I don't know what his deal is
0: with Juan I believe what happened, happened last season I believe he said I would like to suck his sausage I believe he said I that
1: yeah I, I agree I, definitely I don't think know if that,
0: that makes him gay or bi or <clears throat> none of those things and
1: sexual yeah who you knows know, maybe you
0: know he's I Who cares? But I believe he said it. And I believe he has some sort of interesting relationship with Juan where he thinks it's they're closer than they really are. I agree. I agree. You know. Um,
1: So then was it that Juan then proposed, which was adorable. Yes. Um, It was so cute. I definitely think Robin was surprised. Totally, um,
0: that was the best part of seeing Robin be like, what
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um I just love them, and I just love I love also we didn't touch on Robin's son, who has been a true highlight. I don't remember which son it is, but the one who was like eavesdropping at the conversation in the park with him and Wendy, then he's like helping her with her clothes um in the episode with like her her like dress uh, is yeah. <laughs> very very cute Robin and wans kids they're
0: adorable. Um and of course Michael then is like, did she say yes? What What's wrong with you? Wow. So <laughs> then, um, at this point is where everything changes. I was
1: say it's it gets real
0: chaotic. It gets real chaotic that. and. This is the defining moment when Michael switches to liquor because they had had a distinct conversation, Michael and Ashley, about how since Michael cheated, he does not drink liquor. He sticks to beer mm-hmm. and he ordered a tequila shot. Yep. And that I was like, oh no, it is just bad things are going to happen. So he toasts to a bachelor party in Vegas with just him and Juan and no cameras. <laughs> how
1: awkward how awkward and like why would Juan invite you to a bachelor party like are you guys that close of friends like
0: and why would you want to go just with Michael I don't know after he was found to be cheating like do you think your wife or future wife is gonna want
1: (laughs) no definitely definitely not that's that's for sure
0: at this point, Karen shows up Yeah, um, she's sad to have missed the proposal because as she says, Robin doesn't get many moments.
1: She's always shady to Robin and I don't really know why. Like I don't remember what their beef is. I know Giselle and Karen, that's their whole relationship is frenemies. But I never know why Karen's like shady to Robin and Robin is back. But like, I don't understand theirs as much.
0: I hope we can like figure out more about it at the. Reunion. I don't know if it's just
1: because like Robin and Giselle are so close. I'm not I don't know. sure. I
0: think I think Robin thinks Karen is fake.
1: Yes, which I do agree sometimes. With yeah,
0: that. but she's also amazing.
1: Yeah, I love her. <laughs> but I love her. It's almost Karen to me is somewhat Sony esque in just like yes. delusion land, and that's why I love her. Not for like her realness. Like I would much prefer Robin's realness over. Although Karen did a great job this season of showing much more.
0: Yes. Like prior
1: to this, it was very much not, not as real. I feel like.
0: Question though. Do you think, cause I feel like Sonia's delusion is truly delusion and yeah, she plays into it, but she can't be anyone else. Like she yes. is herself. Do you think Karen sometimes pretends to be this persona And plays into it a little bit. A hundred percent. Yes.
1: You know, like her party with Ray early on in the season, Uh, the entrance and the outfit and it was literally just like a Karen party. Um, Yeah. She writes a bit of her own storyline. I feel like, okay, great. Ray and I are good. Now wrapped it up. Season's done. Like that's, you know, a little bit of the vibe that I got.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um the ladies give Karen a hard time about her event that she had, where she left early to go to dinner. <laughs> and the, the, the
1: KFC talking about eating the chicken. I just I was so confused by her story of it. it. It didn't add up. I do believe that she intended for Monique and Candace to meet, and then I think she changed her mind. Oh, really? I really do. It's way too sketch. Why would you tell her to come early and then change the time? The fact that those two missed each other by seven minutes is way too close to be a coincidence. That's And then saying that she said she wasn't going to invite her in Portugal, but then doesn't remember saying that. I, I think she at first thought it was a good idea. Like, let me mend this and I'll be the fixer because I've stayed neutral the whole time. And then I think she chickened out.
0: I mean, that's very plausible, very plausible. Um, it's just wild to see her talk about how she had always planned to leave her own event for dinner reservations. so weird. Who does
1: that? Like, you should be the first there and then the last to leave at your own event. Also, was uh, there no food at her event that she so had to go eat dinner? It, I don't remember.
0: It appeared that there was no food. Right, because like looking back, I felt like they were all like, "Why are we at this? You know, doctor hair, doctor wig, <laughs> wig doctor in the back of a strip mall? Like, what the hell is going on? I we're don't crammed know. in. It's this like it almost felt like it was like a studio apartment, you know? Like it just was bizarre.
1: Yeah, it was the whole thing was bizarre. Um, but she definitely made an entrance when she came in to the party. And, and the yeah. Robin's party, not her. Yeah. Her party last week. Um. I mean, I I didn't believe that she had issues getting there. I didn't think she was trying to to avoid it.
0: No. I mean, have you like ever? They tried were to all fly like, "Oh my DCA? god."
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I have. Yeah. And like,
0: <laughs> not easy. I don't know why.
1: I don't know why they like were such in disbelief of like plane problems. Like that's such an easy thing, also to just like Google. Like you literally could find out if she was lying or not. Yeah. Just look up her flight. Like
0: also, isn't HSN though in
1: Philadelphia? Oh, did she I forget one's in Tampa and one
0: is in oh, Philly. Tampa would have made more sense because she said she flew back through Charlotte, which okay. wouldn't have made sense to go from Philadelphia to Charlotte yeah, and one, then back up to DC.
1: Whatever Rena sells on is in Philly, and then there is one in Tampa.
0: Okay, so, so Tampa Tampa sells perfume. Philadelphia sells dusters.
1: <laughs> Potentially, definitely. I know when <laughs> it comes to Philly. I don't know. Someone is probably screaming at this podcast saying, so why don't you know?" But I don't. I just know that there's a location in Tampa, and I don't know
0: which network well, it is. Speaking of screaming, very shortly thereafter, Candace is screaming at Karen, saying, "You saw a bitch get mad and attack me because she has no self control." And it's, I don't know. I just think. Candace, after this many months of Karen not, like, taking your side, like, can't you just chill out a little bit? I don't know. I agree.
1: But I also
0: think that Robin and Giselle and Wendy, like, amp her up and tell Mm -hmm. her that she's right. And, you know, she probably is right to some extent. And then she feels so righteous in her anger that she's, like, screaming at Karen. And it's just not the place. But, you know, they could have settled it on their own. But instead, Michael goes up to Chris, her husband, and says, you need to control your wife. She's out of control. Bad move. The audacity
1: for him to say that was so misogynistic, was so wrong. It made me everything from there on out made me blind with anger that Michael did Um Because I think Chris, I could be wrong, but did Chris just turn around and at first say, like, what did you just say to me? And then he repeated it. Yes. And then that's when he pushed him away from him. And he got so close to him. I am 100% on Chris's side. I don't care anything about him and Candace in the past and anything they've said. In that exact moment of watching that, Michael was wrong. Chris was right. He didn't punch him. He just pushed him. He pushed him back. He said, get out of my face. And it wasn't even a shove. It was... Like leading a, him back, leading him uh, get to away a different, from me. Yes, and I posted about this, and most people in my DMs were like, "I agree with you." A few were like, "But I hate Candace so much," and I was like, "That has nothing to do in this moment." Right. And then a few people were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe the people who are on Michael Darby's side." So you said you go on Twitter. Did you see the opposite on Twitter? Because I don't go there. But no, I, feel I like think that would
0: be the place <laughs> that people think would take everyone can unify around hating michael darby they okay could good. Be team monique they could be team candace but at the end of the day Mike, michael darby is the true villain
1: and that situation too of those two in that interaction had nothing to do and no similarities to me to monique and
0: candace no 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 it wasn't very violent it you know could chris have held it together a little bit more sure but I think he had had it with Michael. I think he, ha- he hates Michael Darby. Mm-hmm. He knows the whole history. He knows Michael Darby has grabbed, you know, cameraman's butts and, and just been so awful. And yep. so then Michael, of course, is like, he hit me, which is he did not hit oh, him. And him yelling,
1: I'm going to call the police. Like, if there was ever <laughs> a textbook example of white, white man privilege, privilege yeah. it was in that moment that that is where his brain went. It was because I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it that he was what he was screaming and yelling. Like he hit you. I'm like, we all just witnessed it. He did not hit you at all. And you got up in his face. So you provoked it. Like that's true provoking. And I feel like, you know, like I'm not a lawyer by any means, but I imagine if someone watched the tape, they would be like, wait, what are you pressing charges on? Like,
0: and of course, Michael also had the audacity to call Chris the guy with the unsuccessful restaurant business. He also last called him I... the
1: bald man with the yeah. unsuccessful business. <laughs> <laughs> so, two similarities.
0: Which, funny enough, uh, I believe Chris's restaurant is still in business in Alexandria, but Oz, Michael's restaurant, has closed. Yep. So,
1: there you, don't you go. you to eat your kangaroo, Michael. Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: And Ashley, of course, takes her husband's side, but she's also been drinking liquor and she normally sticks to her coronas. So Mm -hmm. she's just three sheets to the wind. It's like, so Monique has no self control and Michael screaming, I'm calling my lawyer, and you're going to jail. Juan even tries to reel in Michael and then eventually Ashley realizes that Michael has gone too far.
1: Yeah. I don't know why Ashley started screaming at Candace. Like Candace was on the couch with her. I think
0: so uninvolved and mad that she i think she just assumed that chris hit michael but don't i mean she's drunk but don't you think still if that actually would have happened that more people would have like stepped in to separate them absolutely
1: also do you think if chris hit michael you don't think someone would be bleeding like (laughs) chris is a big dude like where do you think he hit him like punched him in like the stomach like he probably would have punched him in the face slapped him in the face there would have been some mark that Ashley could have just looked at his face and been like, oh, I don't think he hit, like, so then, I, I don't know where he would have hit him I don't that know. he wouldn't have
0: seen. But security yes. Security decides to remove Chris. Now, I'm not sure who's paying for this security because I don't know if the Abigail has security.
1: <laughs> it was probably, yeah, I don't know. Chris also kind of. Seemingly, just like went with it, like he, he was like, decided. I'm not going to argue.
0: I'm not. He gonna was cause like, a I'm scene. not going to
1: argue. We're going to go. So I thought that was respectable of him. I actually really like Chris.
0: I like Chris too. He said on Twitter that he apologized to each of the women individually after, like that yeah, night. Yeah, I saw that. And so, you know, he definitely doesn't think he acted perfect. So that there's that. But then for Michael to be like, I'm a respected businessman, and that guy is touching me. And, you know, (laughs) the irony of was not lost uh, on me. And then Chris was like, you can disrespect your wife all you want to, but don't do it to mine. Yeah, I
1: listen. He was in every right. I think, again, I don't condone violence at all. And I don't really think Chris was violent. He pushed him pushed him away, as anyone would have done when someone is upping your face, telling you to control your
0: wife. I think in some deep part of Ashley's soul. She knew as soon as Michael took a drink of liquor, that that evening was going to go downhill because when he was taking that shot, she was like, okay, I'm going to be with my friends now. Like mm-hmm. she looked at him, they made eye contact and she's like, you're going to have that. Yep. Yep. You've seen and have mean, couples do this before where they make an agreement not to drink liquor or not to drink. And then one breaks it and it's yeah. the most uncomfortable thing to witness. Yeah, you can uh you can't control
1: your spouse's drinking or significant others. Um so and I feel like at that point in the relationship, she knows she knows who she married and she knows who Michael can be when he drinks. Um and I mean, who he can be a when grown he's sober. Man. Ugh, he's ugh.
0: awful sober. Just the worst. He's so awful. So, I think the only
1: husband worse than him is uh, Jim Marchese. If we're talking housewife husbands, like I think that's probably the number one, and Michael Darby might be number two. But unless I'm forgetting someone,
0: I have seen an argument over this, but apparently, so I never saw that um, season that he was on of Jersey. But I don't know if Jim may be a horrible father and a horrible person, but he may not be a horrible husband. Hard it's to him. say
1: because he's married to a horrible person. Right. <laughs> right. So they are both equally the devil. <laughs> yeah. um, there have been many trash people. Trash. Trashy, 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 which I hate that Ziggy's the one who said that because I love that gif. But she is the horror. But I was just thinking of the other horrible people that have come out of Jersey. But yeah. So Michael is just so wrong. So and then wrong. when he flipped out on production, was
0: oh next level. God. I mean, why it was, was he end. going into, so they clearly have like a room where they've got the camera set up and that's their workspace. And I don't know what he was trying to do.
1: I don't know either. And to me, Ashley loves her husband, but Ashley loves being a housewife more. And if you are going to mess up her job, that to me feels like a no-no for her when she was like, they're just doing their job. That, to me, was like, you're now on the side of your job and not your husband. And to he
0: just, me, if he
1: was the reason yeah. she ever lost her job as a housewife, she would probably divorce him. Like,
0: <laughs> Well, at this point, she has to know that he has been done horrible things with the production right Uh so he's been accused of it she took his side but she had to know on some level that if he's being accused of the same thing over and over he's likely doing it and so then she sees it up front where he's like they're touching me. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Get out of their space. And Crazy. they go on to what I believe is either 17th Street or M Street in Northwest DC in the rain, and she is livid with him. And yep. then the bombshell drops that they go to the Bahamas the next day they made it sound like she got pregnant in the Bahamas. She didn't cause she's pregnant now. And if she got pregnant last December, then she would have had a baby by this fall. Yeah. But still the fact that they just went on this family vacation and all is good. They're better than ever. It's she's choosing to be with him. And I believe. Yeah. He oh, is absolutely. Emotionally and I feel abusive and totally it's tough to me. Like I said, her
1: wanting to be a housewife, more than anything stems from the fact that she stays in her marriage because she knows it's a good storyline. And that to me just speaks volumes of, of her. I, I love Ashley. I really like her and I would like to see her not in this marriage. Um, Yeah. Like we've all had drunk arguments with people and we've woken up the next day, like, Ooh, that wasn't great, but not, not to the level of, of this. Just be like, all right, let's go on our family vacation to the Bahamas. Everything's great now. Like, I just, it's very confusing.
0: And then just when we think it's over, we get final footage of Monique and Candace, where Monique is explaining that the court decided to drop the complaints and laughing about Candace getting dragged.
1: Yeah, again, with the no, the, uh, the two sides of it. Are you remorseful? Or are you laughing? It's... Which one is it?
0: And Candace said the court system was turned off because it looked like a bunch of reality TV fodder. And um, I don't know. I just... I don't know how she expected them to take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. And she's... So this is something that Veronica Eleventh and I were talking about. But as someone, as a, as a woman who's out against police brutality and against the incarceration of black people in this country and then to try and use that same justice system to put a first-time offender like behind bars just doesn't add up to me. I get she wants Monique to face consequences when the consequence wasn't Monique losing her job at Bravo. She ha- wanted it to be something else. But I feel like she took it too far with how much she wanted Monique to have like the worst punishment.
1: Yes. I fully agree. I never really understood the point of pressing charges because once you do that, there's no making up from that. I feel like, you know, or you just made it that much harder to get to a place where you you don't have to be friends again, but could even have a conversation. You, you remove that because now you involve lawyers. Um, And I know, I don't know, it's so hard. I've never been in a physical fight. Um, But I imagine if I was on Candice's side, I'm not, I can't let things fester. So if Monique never reached out, I probably might've. I would too. Because I I couldn't, I could have never, if that was a true friend, I would have reached out. Just a text of how did we get here? Because if you, after getting all of whatever anger out those two of them had to each other, if you then still can't have a civil conversation but all of that went away the second you file a lawsuit, you know. And if you think of all the other physical fights that other housewives have been in, have any of them filed lo- lawsuits against each other?
0: Um, not that I can. Like, the most recent one was Margaret and Danielle on New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, this seemed to be much more physical even than that yeah I you know agree. so or what about when
1: Ashley um Jacqueline's daughter pulled Danielle's hair out I think she tried to maybe press charges on her for that yeah
0: Danielle? I didn't watch I can't
1: now. remember <laughs> <laughs> I've watched I every Jersey season I, I
0: love Jersey um yeah I don't I don't remember I don't know. it just felt like I I agreed with Candace that there should be some sort of like Punishment for Monique. I don't know what that is. Like, I that she would eventually get to a place where she was remorseful, but using the judicial system to make that happen, I just felt like was a step too far and went against like what she claims to stand for. Yes. So I agree. Well, I'm really looking forward to the reunion. I'm a little bit sad. It's not four parts, it's only three parts, but I know they will be incredible. Yeah.
1: I do wish sometimes the reunions were just longer episodes. Like it can be a little much three weeks of a reunion. I would rather like two hour and a half episodes, but I'm just glad it's in person. Um, I love the yellow. I thought that it looked great on the screen in the preview. I love the themes that they now do for re- reunions and dresses. I feel like it's really stepped it up and I can't wait to see what's in Monique's binder. Because Me
0: too. I actually believe that she's going to explain all of the horrible, like, rumors that they were spreading about her and her family, which is what actually led her to be so angry. And yeah, because I don't think so.
1: Did a good enough job of really explaining why they even
0: had this physical fight. I don't think she wanted to talk about it at the time. But now, but then she went on Instagram Live and started talking about it. So I think then they were like, you guys can't do Instagram Live anymore because she said I can't go live. So they're probably like, save it for the reunion. Whatever you have to say, whatever background you've got, you got to share it at the reunion. Like, don't do it on Instagram.
1: I know. It's so, it's, I feel Potomac is almost one of the hardest ones to keep up with on Instagram Outside the show, because so much goes on with social media and all of that with them, and Twitter and Instagram and
0: and the blogs. I, I was just <laughs> gonna say that. I was just gonna say the blogs. Why do they call it the blogs? I,
1: Every I, and I on Real Housewives of Atlanta, they said the blogs too. I'm like, what are the blogs?
0: Like, like, Mara like, like those ones. I know. Is I guess that's the reality. You know, I those, I don't, I don't know why they care. What I think happens is they all have Google searches, like Google news searches for their own names to definitely. know when they're being discussed. And then when they see it, it's like these blogs.
1: But why do they call it blogs? To me, that's like entertainment news or like oh, I guess they all started a gossip out as website. <laughs> like that's, it's the term blog that brings me back to like 2005
0: Like Perez Hilton.
1: Yes. Like that's when I think of a blogger. I think of like, I I don't know, but that's, I don't would never use that term to describe any of like the websites that I read articles on. Like to me, it's entertainment news, but they love to say blogs. Maybe it's because they're (laughs) like 10 years old. You know, most of them are older than us. So maybe that's just like a difference in terms. Um, But yeah, they always say, It was about the blogs, and I'm like, do they mean Instagram? Like, what are they talking about?
0: But Atlanta, you're right; they get into it too. Like, they leak things about each other to blogs, and I guess the the people who write these stories like call them. Because in New York,
1: I feel like in New York they don't say blogs; they say like well because it's
0: Page Six, which is an offshoot of the New York Post, right? Yeah, it's part of the New York Post.
1: And then Beverly Hills is um, radar on radar on mine. (laughs) so like each one has their specific things but i'm sure like what in atlanta i'm sure there's raider online articles so i don't know they always just say blogs and that's that's a term that always cracks me up a lot oh
0: my god so funny well danielle can you tell everyone where they can find you
1: yes um i'm just on instagram twitter is not not my thing um at brands by
0: bravo Thank That's you so yeah. much for joining. Let's end with um, what are you most excited for in 2021 of Bravo? Um, oh,
1: man, I am looking forward to Jersey because I just I always love Jersey. Um, I'm trying to binge Dallas. I have it up on the TV pause right now. So I'm going to give it a shot and watch Dallas because I haven't really given that one a fair shot. And I'm so interested to see what happens with Vanderpump Rules.
0: Yeah. With Very Jersey, interested. I am most excited that they're not filming during their regular calendar year. Me Because there's too. never any leaves on the trees. It is a barren. We're looking at like the I-95 corridor in Jersey. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm excited for Jer- summer so in Jersey. Summer in Jersey. Um, and also, I mean, it's going to be a long time till we get New York, um, but I am really excited about the new Housewives cast, um, the new woman cast for New York, um, and just hopefully more diversity on Bravo, and Bravo doing a better job of following through with the things they say they believe in. That's what I can hope for 2020. Totally. And well, the firing of Kelly Dodd. I don't I will know. will celebrate that. <laughs> like, the day Joe Biden was elected president, but that- <laughs>
0: <laughs> going out into honking with your, taking your pots and pans uh, to your balcony or outside Absolutely. your door.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. That, That's what that I felt
0: like. It was like when Jax was fired.
1: Yes, pretty pretty close. And actually, I commented that uh, I think somewhere and on one of the posts about it um, that it was it felt as joyful as that. So. Let's hope well, that her reckoning day is coming.
0: I hope. Something something's coming. She keeps joking about it. So we'll see. Uh,
1: nothing's better than someone who thinks they're invincible being fired.
0: That That is true. What are you
1: looking forward to? Ooh,
0: I am. Hmm. I'm very much looking forward to the season of Atlanta. Yes. Oh, yes. That obviously is flowing into 2021. Yeah. Um. I am excited to see Jersey, uh, which I'm normally not as big on, but I really like Jackie and I hear there's a lot of storylines with her. So I'm interested to see that. And I'm curious to see what happens with, with Vanderpump rules. I am just curious. And I'm also looking forward to the Housewife starting to film as COVID becomes less of a like all encompassing situation. I want. Things to get better in the world, to get better in this country, and then it won't be so dangerous to film. People won't get sick from it, and it won't just kind of eat up all the storylines.
1: Yes, I agree. I think the worst thing will be if they film things during COVID and then COVID ends and then we have to watch that back. Because it's horrible right now watching it while we're still in it. But especially once we're like, hopefully in a place of being much better, I'm not going to want to go back and watch and relive it then. Like, it's already terrible now to relive it, but then especially don't want to relive it then.
0: Yeah. Well, we will see. I will take what we can get. I am so looking forward to how quickly they wrapped Atlanta and got it out to us. And I'm hoping they can do quick turnaround productions. Oh, oh, my God. And I'm so excited for Salt Lake. I really oh, yes. like Salt Lake oh, City. Yes, yes, I agree. Super excited about Salt Lake City and excited to kind of see what happens with this first season.
1: Yes, that I very much agree with. And I also forgot to say that I have an Etsy shop too that's new. Oh. And, um, I have trivia game sheets on there and I'm constantly updating new ones. I have one for each franchise. They're only $3 um, and they're super fun virtual thing to play with your friends who love Bravo. And that's. Why that is a great
0: Hanukkah, <laughs> Christmas, Kwanzaa gifts. Yes. So yeah. yes, everyone visit Danielle's Etsy shop. And if you go to at Brands by Bravo and you click on her bio, her Etsy shop is in the bio.
1: Yeah. And they're super fun. And if anyone has any suggestions, you can always DM me. I have a crazy list of ideas that pop into my head all the time. <laughs> a new trivia that I want to make.
0: <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mandy. This was so great. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you liked the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and give it a nice review and leave a note. And be sure to follow me on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. That stands for Is This Real Life underscore podcast. And love hearing from you guys. So feel free to shoot me a DM if you want to chat. Have a lovely week, everyone.